Judge Jeanine Pirro. She's the outspoken host. Judge Jeanine Pirro is dominating the headlines right now. Tunnel to Towers Foundation presents the Judge Jeanine Pirro Show. Now, here's Judge Jeanine Pirro. Welcome, everyone, to the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. I hope everybody's enjoying their Sunday so far. It's a wonderful day here in New York City. And as always, we are armed and ready to serve justice with all my great listeners here on the Red Apple Audio Network. Uh, It is a little hot in New York today, uh, and it's been a hot week. uh, But I got to tell you, I like the heat. I really do. Uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's my background or what, but uh, the hotter for me, the better. Um, But uh, we've got a great show today here inside because there's so much that happened this week in America. You know, this week, uh, the Manhattan DA made a decision that he was going to drop charges uh, against uh, the Jose Alba, the bodega owner, who was charged with murder for defending himself at a bodega. And we're going to be talking about that with uh, Fernando Mateo, uh, who is a spokesperson for the United uh, Bodega Workers of America. Uh, and uh, all of a sudden this week, we've got a president who is proposing to spend $37 billion to fight crime and hire more police officers. Now, what do you think of that? You know, this is a president who was silent during all the Black Lives Matter protests and during the burning of police precincts. And all of a sudden, the swing district Democrats are making a big push to vote on police funding before the August recess. Now, why do you think that is? Do you think it could be because they know that the American people are fed up with the crime that's going on in this country? We're fed up not only in terms of our own community, but in watching it around America. There is this lawlessness. There is this sense of no consequence. It's not a sense. In fact, it's a reality. And now Joe Biden is saying, you know, we're going to give money to fight crime and hire more police officers. Now, here's the problem, Joe. You can hire more police officers, but you cannot change what you and your party has done to the uh, uh, to police across this country, to the morale of police, to the idea that police are the good guys. The Democrats have destroyed any morale that the police in this country have. Police have been called serial racist murderers. And police now, you think they're going to be running to join the police force? No, they're they're running in the opposite direction. They're running to get out. In fact, there are there are a police departments that are offering fifteen thousand dollar incentives for people to join the police force. But how crazy would you be to join the police force if you know there's a target on your back in New York? They lost qualified immunity. They can be sued. They're told to stand down. Uh, it is it is absolute lunacy what's going on with the police. And until we change the laws with cashless bail where criminals are brought in and then are out before the police officer finishes the paperwork, criminals are going to reign supreme in this county and all in this country. And all this talk of, oh, I'm giving more money to the cops is meaningless. You've got up, build the morale up, 
make sure that they know that they are the good guys. And when they're not the good guys, we prosecute them. That's what I did as a DA. That's what happened with George Chauvin, uh, uh, Derek Chauvin, I'm sorry, in the George Floyd case. Uh, But don't think that throwing money on this is going to solve the problem because it's not. And uh, this week we hear the feds are about to drop the hammer on Hunter Biden. That investigation is said to be reaching a critical stage. Now, folks, Hunter Biden's been investigated at least since 2018. They say he could charges related to tax violations, uh, foreign lobbying violations, and making false statements. Uh, I haven't heard anything about that pistol permit application where he lied on the gun application, which is a felony, which should have been charged about four or five years ago. Uh, But it's, it's amazing that it's taken so long. And I'm going to tell you something else. He paid back $2 $2 million, Hunter Biden did. A friend loaned him $2 million, as if Hunter could make that money himself uh, without going to Europe in a pay-for-play scam. But his friend loaned him $2 million so he could pay his back taxes. Well, I got news for you. People pay their back taxes and still get indicted and still go to jail. But I think we'll see whether or not justice is equal in America based on what happens with this uh, Hunter Biden case. Um, And Hunter Biden's taxes are the least important issue with uh, this investigation. Um, It initially, by the way, the feds initially focused on Hunter Biden's financial and business activities in foreign countries dating back to when Joe Biden was a vice president. There are hundreds of financial uh, 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 transactions that were noted by uh, by the by the banking system because they were questionable transactions related to deposits from Russia, uh, deposits of money from China. And we all know that Hunter Biden went through Europe with a vacuum cleaner. He sucked up money from Ukraine, from Russia, uh, from China, 1.5 billion from China, and then the diamonds and the millions from Russia. I mean, it is a pay-to-play. And the question is whether or not uh, Joe Biden benefited. Was Hunter Va- Biden the vehicle by which his father cashed in? And that is the question as this grand jury wrapped up its term. Uh, And now the issue is whether or not they're going to be filing criminal charges. And the shame of this whole thing is that if criminal charges are not filed, uh, then we know, as we've known for many years, that justice is not equal, that there is not an equal application of the law in the United States. And speaking of Joe Biden, President Biden has tested positive for covid Uh, He has very mild symptoms, and he's begun taking uh, Paxlovid, uh, which is consistent with CDC guidelines. He's going to isolate at the White House. Uh, But it was interesting when he came out and made a statement. He didn't have a mask on, and it was amazing. In the beginning and during the campaign, he had a mask on. His wife had a mask on. They would kiss with a mask on, you know, uh, 
kind of interesting, though. Uh, and uh, when Kareem Jean-Pierre, the spokesperson, was asked when they thought he got COVID, you know, the president, was he in Saudi Arabia? Was he in Israel? She basically said, you know, well, that doesn't really matter. Uh, I think I think her exact words were something like, uh, it doesn't matter or... Um, I, I wrote it down somewhere. Yeah, she, those are exact words. It doesn't matter. Folks, I want you to think back to when COVID first started. I don't know if you were ever in an airport, but I was in an airport. I was flying back and forth giving speeches. And every time I went through an airport, I, when I came back to New York, I literally had to sign a form where I had to tell everything about my life. And every day for 10 days, the state of New York, under that corrupt governor who's gone, Andrew Cuomo, uh, they would call and say, how are you feeling? Who are you living with? Who are you? And I would say to them, it's none of your business who I'm living with or how many people are in your house. And they said, well, we have to contact Trace. We have to know to call them just in case you get sick. And meanwhile, the White House is like, it doesn't matter who he was with. Like, we don't have to do any contact tracing anymore. And did you notice how the president's doctor wasn't there telling people the president's okay? They had an epidemiologist who works at the White House talking on behalf of the president. So why isn't Joe Biden, Joe Biden's president, the, the president's doctor, talking to the people of the United States, just like Donald Trump's doctor would talk? to the people of the United States, you know? And then Joe Biden comes out and he says, I have cancer, present tense. And so then the White House has to scramble. They have to have a meeting and they have to come out and clarify yet another thing as if he doesn't know. And they said, oh, no, he had cancer. He doesn't have cancer anymore. He had aneurysms and he had skin cancer. You know, I worry about this guy. I really do. We hope that the president gets well. Uh, we hope that uh, he's okay. He's of uh, he's up there in age, and we want to make sure that uh, that he's feeling that he's feeling better. And finally, in America, uh, what we've got now are whispers of food shortages. And we're going to have someone on the show today who's going to talk to us about the possibility of food shortages. As you recall, we heard about it when, uh, you know, when the fighting started in Ukraine. We heard about the fact that the Ukraine is the breadbasket of the United States. Uh, And so we've got someone who's going to talk to us about that. And finally, as crime continues, I'm going to end my opening statement with New York gubernatorial candidate uh, Lee Zeldin, a congressman, was attacked on stage uh, by someone who had a knife. Uh, he escaped injury, thank goodness, uh, and uh, he was campaigning at a Veterans for Foreign Wars of Foreign Wars when a man jumped on stage, lunged toward the lawmaker with an unknown weapon. And uh, the congressman actually, to his credit, uh, grabbed his arm and prevented him from stabbing him. So uh, what we've got now is uh, we've got it seems that people on stage, whether they're, you know, politicians or comedians, it's just open season people in America. And uh, until we get this criminal justice system right, it's going to continue to be that way. So uh, later on in the show, I'm going to be speaking with some interesting uh, witnesses and I think witnesses. I'm still in the courtroom, folks. Interesting guests.
and I think you're going to enjoy it. So stay with us and never forget, I want you to join the Tunnel to Towers Foundation on its mission to do good in honor of America's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. This is the Judge Janine Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Pirro. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Joining us now is a businessman, an activist, a politician, and he is the co-founder and spokesman for the United Bodegas of America. Folks, this is a man that I have known for many, many years. Uh, we have joined forces together uh, in our past lives that, to support victims of crime. Uh, he is a restaurateur and a founding member of the New York State Federation of Taxi Drivers. Uh, he has been a fixture in the community for, you know, 30-odd years. And he is a Dominican-American businessman, someone who is interested in supporting not just the people of his community, but supporting everyone who is fighting to, for a better life in this country. So, Fernando Mateo, it's, I'm thrilled to have you, my friend, on the uh, Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. I want to start with this. Now, the Manhattan District Attorney this week finally asked the judge to dismiss charges against the Harlem bodega worker Jose Alba for fatally stabbing a man who attacked him behind the counter of a deli. Now, you got involved in this right away. Why did you get involved? Judge Janine, I will never ask anyone to introduce me ever again but you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah, you're great, Fernando. You are. Thank you. Well, listen, the reason why we got involved, the United Bodegas of America, was because the jury and the judge in this case was the videotapes, the tapes that said it all. There was very little to say after you watch these videotapes. I believe that Alvin Bragg uh, made a first mistake by putting this man behind bars and asking for a half a million dollars worth of bail, then lowering it to 250, then ultimately to 50,000. He got out with five. That was his first mistake. He didn't want to make another mistake in this case. So when we met with him, we asked, What are you going to do with Jose Alba? The country, the city, the state, everyone sees that this man was basically trying to defend himself, trying to defend his life. It was self-defense. It's clear. What don't you see that everyone else is seeing? And he says, well, listen, I'm just concluding my investigation because I get different pieces of the puzzle every day, and I want to make sure that I make the right decision. I said, listen, I like that. What you're trying to tell me is that you will drop the charges. And he says, that's possible. So when we left that meeting, I left in good spirits. I felt good about uh, the decision Alvin Bragg was going to make. Did it take him too long? Maybe it did. You were an attorney. You were a district attorney uh, in Westchester County. Cases like this would have never gone before you. You, you wouldn't have accepted them yeah. if, if it was you acting as a district attorney. All right. But Let, you know what? Go ahead. Well, no, look, here's the bottom line. You hit the nail on the head, Fernando Mateo, when you said the case opens and closes with the videotape. What we know now is the same thing we knew within hours of the crime. And that is that a law-abiding bodega worker, Jose Alba, tried to defuse the situation by saying, I want no trouble, Papa. I want no trouble. We've got a gangbanger who is a uh, career criminal with several prison stints, not jail, state prison stints, 
who comes in because his girlfriend is upset because her government card didn't work for potato chips. And they he corners the guy in a corner. He then pushes him down. The guy is cornered. That is Jose Alba, the owner of the bodega, tries to get back up. This career criminal is half his age twice his size and you know jose alba the victim's got no choice he's not like he's got a gun or he's got a knife and he's ready for him he grabs a box cutter that he just happens to have and he defends himself now this guy this victim as far as i'm concerned is exercising his not only constitutional right not only statutory right uh, right under the new york state laws of justification but his natural right under god to defend himself and you don't need any more than what was in that video. And God help us, Fernando. But for that video, Jose Alba would be in prison for the next 30 years. Am I right or wrong? He would have died in prison, Judge. He would have died in prison. And that's why right now we are, are taking on uh, an uphill battle to make sure that every bodega and anyone that's, in, that's serving the public and there's money being exchanged to carry, to make sure they have video. Videotapes is what's going to save your life. Videotapes is really what the evidence is going to be. You know, it's not your word against them because the district attorneys, usually, sometimes they get it right, sometimes they get it wrong. Unfortunately, we're getting too many wrongs with the district attorneys that we have now. So oh, yeah. it's, not, it, it's not enough to say, I was defending myself. You have to have proof. So we are basically going out there in the next few weeks. We're organizing it now. You're the first one to hear about this. But we're going to go out and make sure that every bodega in the high crime areas have cameras not only inside but outside because a lot of the crime, the criminals, run by a bodega when they're trying to get away from a, from a scene after right. a shooting. And that helps NYPD make arrests. But yes, Janine, Jose Alba deserves an apology. Jose Alba deserves better. Jose Alba was a victim, and he was treated as a criminal. Fortunate, you know, Alvin Bragg did the right thing, and uh, and this is behind us, I hope. Well, okay, uh, Fernando, here's my concern. We hear about shootings on, you know, Metro North, or uh, and, the, and the cameras aren't working. This is New York City. They can't get their cameras working. Metro North, their cameras aren't working. There's a crime that's committed. So let's talk about, and by the way, you know, it doesn't matter if you're in New York City or if you're in, in, in you know, Ohio somewhere or if you're in Arizona somewhere, that these progressive DAs, are not the A's who are following the law. They believe in protecting the criminal, and they don't protect the victims. But my point is we have got to get the money to business owners so they can get these videotapes. Let's talk about this for a minute. Going forward, this is what needs to be done, and I, I commend you for the program. Let's talk about the COVID money that hasn't been spent. Let's take a piece of that money and put it in the bodegas. Let's try to make sure that we get money from, from Albany to protect business owners. These business owners are paying taxes. They're paying to be protected. They're paying for police protection. And they're not getting it anymore because the police are being, you know, they've got their hands tied behind their backs. They're being told to stand down. They can't get involved. Look, if we can give illegals coming across the border 
a free telephone, education, medication, housing, and fly them all over the country and bust them here and bust them there. Well, hell, we should be able to give business people in this country who are trying to make a living. They're scraping by right now a damn video because it means a difference between being in prison for the rest of their lives or being able to prove that they were a victim. Judge, I love your energy. You know what? We have uh, an appointment set up to go meet uh, with the governor uh, and her staff uh, to basically present exactly what you're saying. I believe that if we had the budget, not only could we install cameras that could save the lives of these individuals, but you remember the case of Junior uh, Guzman. This is a kid that yes. ran into a bodega. He was chased down by a, by a, by a group of gang, gang thugs, right? Right. He was machete down in the bodega. He was killed. Everyone right. accused the bodega owner of not doing anything. Mm-hmm. But if that bodega owner, how, what was he going to do? He didn't have a weapon to, def- to deflect the, these, these guys. Mm-hmm. And they would have came back and killed him. You know, cops make arrests and they have to free these guys within an hour. And the guys are right back on the streets. You're absolutely right. We're going to meet with the governor. We're going to ask her for funding, which will help NYPD and help the city of New York and the communities. Bodegas are not just bodegas. They're community centers. They are where people go in order to seek protection. Junior Guzman wasn't able to receive that protection, and he was murdered. You know, and it made national, international news. Right. What are we waiting for? Well, know, why is it that the bureaucracy, that politics is so ugly? It's all about personal interests. You know, it's about... You know, I just don't understand it, Janine. Well, you know what? It's a different politics. And I'll tell you, you're going to meet with Governor Hochul. Do 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 me a favor or do anybody a favor. Tell her the cashless bail has to be reversed. She talks the talk, but she doesn't walk the walk. And Fernando Mateo, you don't have to say anything. I'll say it. She doesn't do anything but run to the scene of a crime and say how she's going to stop crime. You cannot stop crime until you put people in jail and keep them there. This cashless bail, you get them with a gun and you let them out the next day and then they go kill someone. That blood is on you, Governor Hochul. If you can't get Carl Heasty and Andrea Stewart-Cousins to get together and amend the bail laws, then you've got a real problem. And we've got a problem. Then they're just talking the talk and not walking the walk. But I have another idea, Fernando Mateo. The, the bodega owners are businessmen and women. They are the, the heart and soul of New York and America. What we need is businesses, you know, big business, to maybe contribute, to maybe make some contribution to the local businesses. Because you don't want places boarded up. You want a community that looks like it's surviving, that it's thriving. And you can get, there's all kinds of money out there. You got to get it. And you know what? we want from Albany, as far as I'm concerned, is for them to make it so that we're not victims and incarcerated. Last word, Fernando Mateo. Bail bail reform did not apply to Jose Alba. Bail reform doesn't apply to victims. It only applies to criminals. And you know what? Not every crime is 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 a criminal crime, but those that involve guns, Stabbing, shootings, assaults, looting, robbery, you know, those need to definitely be addressed. We need to make sure that we address the, 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 you know, low-level crimes become big-level crimes. So we need to punish every crime that's committed in order to correct this, this situation. 
like Giuliani did back in yep. the uh, in the in the nineties. You know, he fixed it. He fixed it because he met with the district attorneys and he made sure that the district attorneys, all of them, were on the same page. Let's prosecute low level crimes and that will resolve the high level crimes. And it worked. I don't know why it's not happening now. It should be happening, but politics is like that. Well, that's why I'm not. That's why I'm not a politician, and I don't even like politics. Because well, but it's a, it's a very tough game. It's it is a very tough game, Fernando. But we have the right to demand that that game be played by the rules, and the rules are very simple: that there are consequences to actions, and some of those consequences mean that people like Jose Alba should not have gone to jail. You know, he was in Rikers. And the the uh, uh, the the gangbanger, the career criminal who was threatening him, uh, it was stabbed by the girlfriend. His stab wounds were infected. He didn't receive any treatment. The woman who stabbed him with a knife, who started the whole thing, who got her boyfriend all charged up, she isn't charged with a crime. She stabbed him with a knife. Why isn't she charged with a crime? You know, it it is political, and she should be charged with a crime because she put everything uh, in 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 the, uh, the set it all in motion, and she used a, a weapon and caused injury. But anyway, Fernando Mateo, uh, let's just just last word from you. I mean, are, are you optimistic? Are you hoping that we can do something to change New York? I have a lot of faith. You know, the first guy who came out to defend Jose Alba was uh, Mayor Eric Adams. I got to give him credit for that. Yes. You know, he said, you know, he stands with the hardworking people, not people that are out there committing crimes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so kudos to, to Eric Adams for that. But mm-hmm. most importantly, I hope that the next president of the United States who will represent us has you as our attorney general, because then <laughs> we will get the country. We will get the country where it needs to go. I have faith in that, Janine, and, and I believe that that could happen. I wish you luck with that. And I'm hoping that, um, you know, to see you up there, you've always been a friend. You're not a hypocrite. You see me, you hear from me and you and you always are the same Janine that I'm that I met 30 years ago. I love you. I love you more. Fernando Mateo. Uh, Folks, I guess you could hear the affection we have for each other. We've been in the trenches for a long time fighting for the underdog. Fernando Mateo, thank you so much for joining me on the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers show. And born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been honoring America's heroes ever since. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Up next on the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show, we will be speaking with the founder and president of the National Black Farmers Association, John Boyd Jr. And it's all coming up right here on the Red Apple Audio Network. This is the Judge Janine Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Puro. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Joining us now is the founder and president of the National Black Farmers Association. Please join me in welcoming John Boyd to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Folks, John Boyd is a fourth-generation farmer as well as one of America's most effective defenders of civil rights. He's been featured in the Washington Post, 60 Minutes, Nightline, CNN, ABC News, Person of the Week. Uh, He's a pretty terrific guy, and he is joining us this morning to tell us about something that affects every person in America, and so I'm delighted to have him join us. John, how are you this morning? 
Thank you. Thank you very much. And, and, and it's an honor and privilege to be on your show. So thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I know you're a busy man. So uh, I, I want you to talk about uh, the, the, what you see as a future problem uh, yes. that American farmers say that American sum- consumers are not only struggling right now with soaring costs, but yes. some say that it's going to get worse. Talk to us. It, it, it really is. And, and, and uh, just when we're in a farm crisis and, uh, you know, we're facing all time highs for, for diesel fuel, $6 a buck for, for our diesel fuel, for our tractors, where it takes a uh, hundred gallons, you know, to fill up my tractor, that's 600 bucks to pop. Wow. And uh, fer- fertilizer has uh, tripled. Last year I was paying $400 a ton uh, for triple 17. And this year I'm paying almost $1,200 a ton, a, a metric ton for, for fertilizer. All of these costs are upfront costs for the American farmer. And w- when you do that, uh, you're really putting them at a, a terrible disadvantage. And, you know, Judge, uh, you know, the land knows no color. You know, just ask me, can I farm? You know, there's no oh, yep. political yep. party. Just ask me, can I produce the food? Mm-hmm. But the Biden administration hasn't done what it needed to do to help the American farmer in this crisis. And because they haven't been active and on top of this issue, the American consumer is going to pay the cost in the form of high cost of food and the local grocery stores, empty shelves and in and, and the coming months. And, you know, we have many farmers that are facing, you know, farm foreclosure, which yes. uh, people like China are, are, are buying our farms at farm auction. And, and Bill Gates continues to add on to his 270,000 uh, uh, acres that he's buying. But we're not doing enough to save America's farmers at this time of crisis. All right, this John is something Boyd. something that the, the, the president said he was going to come to the table, uh, Judge, and to have the meeting to discuss this. And he hasn't kept his words. I wanted to say that on the show. He hasn't kept his word uh, to me in a personal uh, buttonhole meeting that he was going to have an official meeting to discuss these issues that are facing Americans' farmers. You know what, John Boyd? Uh, it, it breaks my heart to hear you say that because yeah. the people who work with the land, on the land, producing food for Americans, I mean, you are essential workers. I, You know, I hate the idea, uh, yeah. as you say, of China coming in and, and being farmers. Why is Bill yeah. Gates buying all of this land, just as an aside for well, a second? What's that about? Well, you know, he's running up land, uh, and he bought a, a farm that, uh, you know, almost adjoining property to my main farm. And now the land prices in my county have uh, tripled uh, to 10000 and $15,000 an acre, which means the American farmer can't compete with that. You know, uh, it takes a little bit more just to, to make it whether I like it or not. So you have to continue to build onto your farm so that you can, can stay afloat and send your kids to school and pay your bills. And Bill Gates has taken us out of that game. And uh, he's hurting the American farmer. I want to say it on your show. So if he's yeah. listening or his people are listening, He's hurting America's farmers and the people that come to these auctions and bid on these farms is un-American for, for China. So they have them on the cell phone and uh, they have the uh, person they're bidding just on the farm, but they're buying the land for China. I want to say to those persons, what you're doing is very un-American. You know, uh, and, and, and you're hurting the American farmer as well. It, it, it is amazing that another country can come to the United States and yes. then farm our land for the benefit yes. of China. Is that what you're saying, John Boyd? 
Oh, absolutely. This, this is China buying these American farms. I want to be perfectly clear. And, and people like Bill Gates, it's not the American farmer that can pay $10,000 and $15,000 an acre uh, for land. Um, land in my county used to be $2,500 an acre to $3,000 an acre, which I believe is a fair price for anybody's farm. Now it's, it's up to ten and fifteen thousand dollars an acre. So we have uh, that's going on, and then the, uh, the administration isn't doing what it needs to do to help farmers. You know, we bailed out banks, uh, we we bailed out uh, uh, the auto industry, but we won't do anything to save uh, the Americans' farmers. That and you I know spent what? Thirty years, yes, yes, Joe. I spent thirty years on on a debt relief measure for black farmers, and was promised that by the Biden administration during the campaign. And we don't have the money. So to watch $50 billion uh, go to Ukraine, and then yesterday the administration announced another $100 million to help Ukraine farmers, and I can't help members of our own association here in, in, in America. And, and, we, and we are a body of people that supported them. I'm going to say that on your show. But election time is coming, and I think the American people are going to make uh, uh, their choices in the upcoming midterm elections. Uh, so they're going to let America know how they feel about what's going on, really, especially in rural America for for the American farmer. You know, John Boyd, uh, you break my heart when you talk about this. And, you know, you talk about the fact that the Biden administration, you know, hasn't followed through at the very least with the uh, uh, helping the American farmer, not even meeting uh, with you. But, you know, as yeah. I look at your resume right now, I mean, you are an incredibly uh, uh, effective individual in terms of what you've done. I mean, you know, you you know the system. I mean, you have been uh, a, a candidate for Secretary of Agriculture. Uh, yes. You served on the Agriculture Transition Team of various administrations. Uh, yes. You're recipient of a Legacy of Excellence appointed by Clinton Tobacco Commission. I mean, et cetera. Yes. I mean, you know of what you speak, and yes. you know it's very disappointing to hear because, look, uh, John, you may not. I've been a prosecutor, uh, a DA, and oh, yeah, a judge. I know you. I know your okay. history, and okay. you're a very effective lady. Okay, thank you. But what yes. I'm saying is I'm disappointed in how crime is being handled. Now, you're yes. you're opening up a whole new box for me. I'm furious yes. right now with what you're telling me. We're giving $100 million to, you help, to help Ukraine farmers while China's yes. buying our land? This is lunacy. That's correct. Not to mention, not to mention, once we get past the dilemma that you're in how are american people going to be able to afford to buy food and what can we expect in the future well the the high the high cost of food is is coming and 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 it's going to be the the people uh the american people with the the, uh, regular joe blow that uh, is walking into the supermarkets uh where their food the price of double for them and they're not going to be able to afford it it's what's going to happen and you're going to see uh, commodities that, that, that use corn, wheat, and soybeans uh, because the numbers are low that are not going to be on the food shelves and, and readily available like we've been used to since, since 1936. So this country hasn't seen a, a food crisis since 1936, and it's coming, and, and uh, this administration isn't prepared for it. They're not talking about it. They're not addressing it. And this is a very, very important issue. We, and I, I understand we're in the midst of a war and, and other things, and but you have to put the American farmer on the agenda as well and make it a top priority, Judge, is what I'm saying. 
And how can he do that? What would you like him to do? Well, first, uh, stop talking about crop insurance because crop insurance isn't helping me if I'm a farmer who can't pay his diesel fuel. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, and, and so that's what he's talking about. Get yourself insurance as a po- look. I got to tell you, John. Yes. It, it, how is it that we can take in three hundred thousand illegals, two hundred sixty-nine thousand illegals yes. in one month? Pay for education, medication, housing, yes. fly them all over the country, and uh, and and we can't take care of our own people who are uh, you know work by the sweat of their brow to feed us. Right. Well, and that's what I'm saying. You're going to have to. You're going to have to put uh, Americans first here. You're going to have to make sure that, especially in this case, that the American farmer has the access to credit. I asked the administration for emergency uh, loans, farm operating loans for farmers, uh, a few months back. That were uh, pretty much begging for the banks and USDA to lend the money, and and the, it didn't happen. So there's a lot of farmers that sat out this year that are not going to be uh, putting the plows in the ground next year. So we're hurting the American farmer. I want to be very clear on your show with that. That's the first thing mm-hmm. that we're doing by, mm-hmm. by being inactive. And then we're not putting things in place uh, to, to make it uh, so farmers can continue their long legacy of, of farming in this country. We've cut them all from uh, expanding their operations, but they want us to be more effective and be more uh, uh, to, to produce more food in an effective way. The equipment dealers, such as uh, John Deere, hasn't came to the table and assisted the American farmer at this time of crisis, too. You know, a new combine, Judge, is a million dollars for, for a new machine. We can't afford them when we can't get access to credit from our own government. The very people supposed to be lending us a hand is the very government that's putting us out of business. Why do you think they're doing that, John Boyd? I don't know, but, uh, you know, we uh, and I'm going to say this on your show. We're in desperate need of someone that can bring this country back together. Yes. It, it, it's, it's, it's broken, it's hurting, and it's crying out for help. And uh, we, you know, to, to do that, you have to be able to talk to someone, whether they agree with you, with your policies or not. Uh, there has to be a son of the road where we can begin to work together and make this thing work for our country. If not, uh, you know, we have all of the, the rest of the world looking at America right now. So you know what? They, they're helping all these other people, and they won't even help America's farmers, the oldest occupation known to man in For the United sure. States. Well, and not, not only that. And resources and things in place. It never stops. As a farmer, you work seven days a week. Oh, I work seven days a week. And, and as soon as I hang out with you, I'm going to feed my cattle, and, and, and I'm going back to work. But it's the hardest occupation known to man, and you need access to credit. And you need the, the government working along and the banking institution working along with the American farmer and not working against them is what it seems like. Uh, so you have uh, outside entities, like I said, such as China, coming in, uh, buying the land. Nobody's saying anything about it. You have Bill Gates, who 270,000 uh, acres. Why does one man need, need so much land? And they're not investing back into the American farmer. Okay. And, you know, we, we need help and we need it now. So. If you right. want to help our members of the National Black Farmers Association, go out online and help us. We need help, and I'm, I'm not too oh, proud to, to, give to us the Give us the address. Us. G- give us the address, John Boyd. National Black Farmers Association, all spelled out, dot O-R-G. They all right, National Black Farmers Association, dot org. 
Okay, yes. and as you said, uh, you know we are we're in a bad place. What do you expect yes. to see this winter? What's going to happen with food this winter? Well, you're going to see a, you're going to see a food shortage, and it's already uh, happening. We just harvested wheat. The numbers aren't aren't there. You know, we we're facing uh, uh, extreme heat uh, that's going to affect the yields, and you have a region of the world that's not planting a crop this year. All of those things are a formula for, for, for failure and, and disaster, and the American uh, uh, consumer is going to pay the price. Uh, so, All right. so, again, we desperately need to take a look at what's going on. And uh, for those that are listening, uh, put, put America's farmers first and, and put them at the top of the line and look at them in a very positive way. Well, They're very, very hardworking people. You are hardworking people. You work by the sweat of your brow. John Boyd, Jr., a fourth-generation farmer, a very effective uh, spokesperson for the rights of those who farm the land and feed America. We are grateful for you. And for anyone who is listening, it is um, it's black, National Black Farmers Association dot org. Yes, it is. Thank you. All right. All right. Take a look at it, folks. Uh, he is a. Uh, It makes a lot of sense, and it's about time we started getting involved in things that really matter here. Thank you, John Boyd, Jr. All right. All right. And on 9-11, we vowed to never forget. Help America keep that promise. Donate $11 a month to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. Up next here on the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show, I will gavel out with my closing argument. It's all coming up here on the Red Apple Audio Network. This is the Judge Janine Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Puro. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. Okay, now it's time for me to gavel out with my closing argument. All right, folks. So, today we had two great guests on, one to talk about the plight of the true crime victim who's being treated as a criminal, the other to talk about the plight of the farmer who tills the ground in order to feed America. Both of them mistreated. Why is this happening? Why is this happening in America? Why is it that here we are in 2022 and Americans are crying out for justice and Americans are crying out for some help to be able to work the land so that America can eat. This doesn't make sense to me. And I'm sure it doesn't make sense to you either. Now, look, we've got a government. So it's all about politics. I hate politics. It shouldn't be about politics. But it is. We've got people in New York and across the country who talk the talk, they don't walk the walk when it comes to crime. So whenever a crime occurs, your 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 governor, your mayor, who your county executive comes out, if it's in a liberal or a Democrat city saying, we're not going to tolerate this anymore. And as I said in the beginning of the show, now all of a sudden you've got a president of the United States. He's proposing to spend $37 billion to fight crime and hire more police officers. But they're so clueless, they don't even realize that it's not just about hiring more police officers. You can't hire police. You can't hire someone who's willing to come in and say, I'm willing to take a bullet for people I don't know 
Uh, but and I'm also willing to be maligned, spit on, uh, you know, hosed on uh, to be in a situation where I'm not allowed to make an arrest, where if I do make an arrest and I and I end up touching someone in the wrong place, I end up being indicted or sued. It's not worth it for someone to be a police officer. Americans have been have been beaten down into believing that cops are racist serial murderers. They are not. I have worked with them for 32 years. They are not. When they commit a crime, like when a teacher commits a crime, when a construction worker commits a crime, when a priest, when a when a uh, uh, a corporate executive commits a crime, when a mayor commits a crime, when anybody commits a crime, they get prosecuted. Please don't be so stupid as to buy into this. They're all bad. When they're bad, we prosecute them. Okay. And now the president, he's just playing a word game. He's just saying, I'm in for, to fight crime. You can't even hire police. They've got incentives of $15,000 in some police departments uh, to push to get people to come on to the police force. And, you know, but at the same time, they're cutting back on their ability to make arrests. It's like, you know, they're they're going into a crime scene and they're being ambushed. They know they're being ambushed. They're being set up when they do what they're supposed to do. They end up being destroyed. Their families are destroyed. You know what? Law enforcement is not being supported the way it should be. And as we heard, neither is uh, America's farmers. And that's something new for a lot of you to actually hear from a real farmer, a fourth generation farmer, John Boyd Jr., a great guest talking about the fact, and it, it is it is really sad that China is buying up America's farms. Bill Gates is buying up Americans' farms. And you know, when the average American farmer is paying triple the price for fertilizer. Uh, diesel fuel now to fill up a tractor is $600 and fertilizer is $1,200 and China's buying farms and they're farming, but not for us. Bill Gates is buying all kinds of farms in this country. Who knows why? The sad part about it, the sad part about all this is that John Boyd said that he was told that he would be able to have a sit-down with the administration. And as you look at John Boyd's background, which I couldn't get into, he is someone who has been very well received by administrations and has had powerful positions in them and certainly a voice in them. He questions, and I do too, why are we giving $100 million to help Ukraine's farmers, but Americans, American farmers are going bankrupt? American farmers are not able to till the soil and do the work because they don't have the money. There is a food crisis. We're already in it. We're not going to see it until the winter. But this administration is putting American farmers last when they help other countries with their farmers. And all John Boyd said this fourth generation farmer was, we need access to credit. Because if John Deere's new combine is a million dollars, we need credit. We need emergency loans. 
We need loans to operate our farms to feed America. These guys work seven days a week, folks. (laughs) They're not pocketing money. They're barely surviving. And many of them are losing their farms. You know, the administration should not be working against us. Should not be putting things uh, in other countries that they're not willing to do for this country. And right now, the legacy of the farmer is being destroyed as American farmers are not able to do the work that we have come to expect from them. And when the administration says uh, you should get crop insurance, crop insurance is expensive. They've got to buy seed, they've got to buy fertilizer and lime and all of the things so that they can produce a crop. Crop insurance comes last. The way to fix this, folks, is to put things in place to help America's farmers right now and put America's farmers first. The administration isn't talking enough about the plight of what's going on with Americans' farmers. And we're going to lose farmers every year that we don't take action. And it's going to hurt us. The high cost of food, and then that food is going to be made here but sold by other countries to us. It's going to hurt us. It's going to be too expensive. Everyone who walks into a supermarket knows that. So we've got an administration right now, folks, that is clueless about how to handle crime. It's clueless about how to take care of food and farmers in America. And it is disappointing. This is not the America that we had even 10 years ago. Crime is rampant because of this so-called social justice. We're now suffering from shelves that I have never seen in my lifetime that are empty. We had formula shortages, and the president is so clueless. He said, I'm not a mind reader. I didn't know we were going to run out. The man is not capable of running this country. He's not capable of speaking. He came out and said, I have cancer, present tense. And then when he went back into the White House, they had to scramble, come out and clarify and say he had cancer. And by the way, why is his doctor not talking about whether or not he's okay and this COVID, as opposed to the epidemiologist who simply works at the White House speaking for the president. Why don't we hear from the president's doctor? Why don't we have the president's health records? You know the answer as well as I do. But right now, we've got four months, four months to decide whether or not we're going to change things. The administration is not listening to us. They're not listening to the American people. They are committed to taking care of illegals, which is all fine and dandy, depending upon where you stand. I honestly believe they should come through the legal way, but that's just me. I believe in law and order. Anyway, I can't believe we're out of time already, but make sure you join us right back here next week. Same time, same place for the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Make sure you take care of yourself, everybody. Be well and have a great day, everyone. Goodbye.